0: Welcome to Financial and Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, certified financial planner, owner and founder of Manager and Associates Financial Planning. I'm joined here today with one of my associates, Kyle Ryan, uh, also a certified financial planner, as well as a chartered financial consultant. Kyle, thanks for joining me. Yep, thanks for having me. Um, what we're going to talk about today, I cannot believe actually that, that having this uh, show for almost two and a half years that I never once talked about insurance or at least insurance as a whole. Certainly yeah. not life insurance. So what we're going to talk about today is a um, quick overview of the different types of insurances. Uh, and when I say quick, we're talking about a summary here. But what we're going to really dive into today Uh, which is certainly going to take more than one episode, is we're going to dive into life insurance. Okay, life insurance is a very, very important component. Actually, really all insurance is a very important component of financial planning. Life insurance is a component of the insurances and quite frankly, probably the one that is the most misunderstood and certainly most misused yet there's so many different things that you can learn about it. And once again, this is you know, the focus and the goal of this show is to provide informative, uh, it, just information that you can use. We're really not here and we're not designed to provide any specific recommendations. This is really for informative purposes only. Um, so with no further ado, let's begin. Yeah. So again, with your six areas of financial planning, you got cash management, tax planning, risk management, which is insurance planning, okay? That's where you're passing the risk on to the insurance company. You got investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning. And and as I've always said before, each of these six areas are intertwined. And certainly, tax planning and tax planning strategies are intertwined with everything else, but risk management absolutely is, yep. okay? And, you know, conceptually, the idea of insurance, and this goes with all insurance, is you pay a little bit in the form of a premium mm-hmm. to protect yourself from a major financial disaster. Yep. And if you look at all insurances are statistic, statistically and probability based, meaning that if there is a greater chance of the event happening, then you're going to be paying a higher premium if there's less of a chance of it happening then you're going to pay less of a premium yep. so what are the major hitters of insurance well different types of insurance i like to refer to as property and casualty insurance pnc okay that's your homeowner's insurance your uh, automobile insurance uh, they even have um, liability insurance as part of that and generally, that's when you go to whoever your insurance carrier is, yeah. uh, you know, wherever your homeowners is, because usually the property and casualty carriers have all way. the different lines. Yep. Okay. Medical insurance. Everybody knows about medical insurance. I mean, you're crazy if you don't have it. But that might have been a recommendation, <laughs> huh? <laughs> all right. Well, fact of the matter is, is that everybody knows about medical insurance, um, because of the fact that the chances of me going to a doctor, the chances of you know me getting medications, the chances of me having an accident, breaking my arm and all that, means that the likelihood of happening is much, much greater yep. and the costs are greater. Yeah. Hence, medical insurance is the most expensive insurance there is and it's all based on the likelihood of something happening. Yep. Disability and long-term care insurance I coupled them together because I think that they both have similar features to them. You have the underlying insurance with a bunch of riders on top. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And quite honestly, you know, even though I'm licensed to be able to provide and sell these types of insurances to clients, it's not necessarily best for the client for us to be in front of them when we're not experts at what we're talking about, Yeah. okay? Um, So we generally will go out and bring on somebody who is an expert in those particular areas. And then last but not least is life insurance, okay? Life insurance is like Baskin-Robbins 31 flavors. There's a whole lot of different flavors of life insurance out there. Mm -hmm. And so the purpose of today's show is to talk about and understand the different types of life insurance when you use them when you don't use them advantages disadvantages because there's just a whole lot to know about it oh yeah okay so you ready to get jumping in
1: yeah there's i was just gonna say there's nuances with all of them you know it's just i like how in different areas of your life they will impact you more But you don't need disability insurance when you're retired. That is correct. You know, and even with life insurance, as we're going to go into, different life insurance policies fit at different times in your life. That is correct. That is correct. Thanks for pointing that out. So let's jump right in. So there's basically
0: two types of insurance. You got term and permanent. Now, if you've been around the block, you always hear people call it whole life. Okay, yeah. and I refer to whole life as like saying a Kleenex, but it's a tissue. Okay, <laughs> yeah. whole life insurance is a type of permanent insurance, and we're gonna spend a lot of time talking about permanent insurance today and how it works because it's important to understand how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Then, on the other hand, you got term insurance. Term insurance is nothing but the insurance, okay? And once again, term insurance has two basic varieties, okay? Group term and private, okay? Well, what's group term? Well, a lot of companies offer the ability for employees to buy insurance, okay? Great. Oftentimes, the company will give them up to one-time salary okay or two times salary or whatever the case may be and then they give the ability for the employee to buy up yep and so most employees will look at it and say hey this is pretty cheap okay it's also very important to understand how it's priced okay and once again life insurance absolutely works the same way as all other insurances. The cost is associated with the likelihood something is going to happen.
1: Yep, and how catastrophic it could be. Right,
0: right. So, when it comes back to life insurance, is group insurance, group term, the advantage of group term versus the disadvantage of group term is If I'm working with my employer and I'm buying life insurance, the downside is if I leave that employer, in most cases, so does my insurance. Yep. Okay? So if I'm relying as part of my overall financial plan that I need a certain amount of life insurance, then what happens if... I leave one company and go to another company that doesn't offer it. Yep. Or offers only up to 50,000 or 100,000. Meanwhile, at my last company, I had six or 800,000. Okay, that's one big issue. Second big issue is I may have started with a particular company, healthy, and for whatever reason you pick up, whether you had cancer or heart disease or something, Okay, you pick up something and now you move to your new job, they don't offer it, you may not be able to get the life insurance on the outside. Correct. A privately held policy.
1: And when they do have group rates, you know, it's it's typically a, you're not paying based on your own health, you're paying based on the groups. Correct. right? You know, so if you're really unhealthy, it might be worthwhile you, for you oh. to buy up on your... Group policy because you're buying it at rates that you wouldn't be able to get on your own. Correct. Whereas if you're very healthy, you might be actually paying more for a group policy than you would on your own. That is correct. Thanks for pointing that out. So what basically happens is a group policy
0: is what's referred to as age banded for starters, okay? Which means that you pay the same for ages 30 to 34, 35 to 39, goes up again from 40 to 44, 45 to 49, et cetera, et cetera. And so what happens is that the cost of insurance goes up and it's always measured in a price per thousand per paycheck. So it doesn't look like much. It's like 100,000, it's only seven cents. That means it's only, you know, seven bucks, right? Per paycheck. Well, you add it up over the course of the year times 26 paychecks, you're paying a whole lot more than you think, all right? Now the other thing that they differentiate, obviously by age, but aside from that, the only thing they differentiate is gender and tobacco user. Yep. And by the way, we'll talk a little bit about risk, but tobacco users generally double to triple their life insurance costs, particularly once you get older.
1: Yep. Not is, as drastic, but typically women uh, have cheaper insurance than men as well. That is
0: also because they are... <laughs> Careful. They're less <laughs> likely to do stupid things that men do. The life-threatening dumb things like jumping off bridges and stuff like that. <laughs> Not that I would have ever done that or anything else like that. But we're still on the previous slide talking about the the private insurance. So let me go back to that. So you got a group term insurance. Fact of the matter is, is that I could be a marathon runner, and if I'm sitting next to a coworker who is obese with cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and you go through the gamut, okay, but he's a non-smoker and he's a male. I'm a male non-smoker and I'm a marathon runner. We're paying for the same amount of insurance. Yeah. Okay, so another misnomer with regards to the premiums for life insurance because life insurance increases in cost, exponentially with time, meaning as you get older. So in other words, you know, if you're paying for a $100,000 policy when you're 30, you might be paying 100 bucks a year, okay? But when you're 50, you might be paying five or 600 bucks a year, and if you're 70, you might be paying a couple thousand dollars a year, and it increases exponentially. But um, when people compare the costs of getting a private insurance policy. Now, what's a private insurance policy? Private insurance policy would be if I go out to any of the carriers that are out there and say, I wanna buy a 20-year term policy. What does that mean? That means for 20 years, I am paying the same amount every month, a quarter, or a year for those 20 years, okay? Now, if someone were to look at the cost of an insurance policy, over a term, and they compare that to what they're paying at work, they're going to immediately say, hey, I am paying a lot more money for the term policy on the outside. Mm -hmm. I'll say, yes, you are. And the reason you're paying more on the outside is, let's say the individual is 33 years old. Well, he's looking at his term rates at work are for the 30 to 34 year old. Okay, what the 20-year term policy is doing is it's taking and averaging out what the cost of insurance is from age 33 all the way to age 53. Yep. And if you were to go back to your age band rates at work, which is hard to find just so you know, but if, if you go back to your age band rates at work, you will find that if you took the average of those four time periods, it would be a lot more expensive than if you've got a policy on your own, but also note that's if you're in above average health, you know, the marathon runner yes. that I used. Yeah. So we're gonna pick up here in a few minutes. We're gonna take a break um, and we'll pick up right from where we left off. So stay tuned, we'll be back with you in just a few moments. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Menninger, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no-obligation consultation. Welcome back to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Benninger, Certified Financial Planner, and I'm with my associate, Kyle Ryan, also a CFP and a Chartered Financial Consultant. So um, we're gonna pick up where we left off. Um, Where we left off, we were talking about the different um, types of life insurance. We're mostly spending time talking about uh, the difference between uh, group insurance, okay, getting it through work, and going on the outside. if you have a person who is healthy, we typically will suggest that they go on the outside even though we're not supposed to make specific recommendations. But the reality is that we don't like to be held hostage to the fact that you know, when you're doing financial planning, you want to have some level of guarantee if you can. And we've seen it too many times where a person leaves one company, goes to another company, and they can't get the insurance. or or the insurance isn't there. And we've also seen it enough times during the course of our lifetime where somebody has an event, the Buffalo Bills guy, chances are, he's probably not gonna be able to buy life insurance anytime soon, okay, the guy that went down. And probably before that, he was a really healthy 24-year-old that, you know. But anyway, so other different flavors, so to speak, of your term is you have annual renewable term, that's A-R-T, and then otherwise you see it generally in 10-year term, 15-year term, 20-year term, and 30-year term. And we're gonna talk more later as to how you go about selecting which term policy do you want. Do you want the annual renewable? Do you want 10? Do you want 20? Do you want 15? When it comes to design of life insurance. so. What we haven't talked about yet is permanent life insurance, okay? Permanent life insurance, as we referenced in the first episode, basically, you know, everybody calls it whole life. Well, it's not really just whole life, all right? But how does it work, all right? What happens, I hate to compare it to a mortgage, but it's not, okay? <laughs> what happens is that they basically say, if you're buying a life insurance policy, okay, and, What's gonna happen is you're gonna put more premiums into the life insurance policy in the earlier years of the insurance policy, and it builds cash value. And at some point in time down the pike, you have the ability to either access that money or the cash value, which is the, the money that's in the plan, okay, the cash value can be used for, hey, it's an emergency, I wanna either withdraw or take a loan against the policy. Okay, there are actually policy designs that we'll talk about later that people use it for as, as a supplemental uh, in, uh, retirement type of planning. But yeah, we're not big fans, okay? Um, so we're gonna talk more about the permanent insurance in a little bit. But what I want to talk about is the, the ratings and how ratings work. Okay. So as we discussed earlier, the you know when it comes to any type of insurance, it's all probability and statistically based. So what they call it is your premium is the amount of money that you pay. Next slide, please. And it's a function of the likelihood of something happening. Okay? Mm-hmm. Well, as we pointed out with group term, is they differentiate between males and females.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what is
0: it? Females live longer. Life expectancy of a female is longer than that of a male. Because yep. we do dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> that participates in why our life expectancy is shorter. Okay, but I jokingly say that, but there's a certain level of truth in that too. So, uh, but then it comes down to your health, okay? Once again, we talk about the marathon runner. You compare the marathon runner to the person who has, is either obese, has uh, cancer, heart disease, or any of those could have a serious impact on either their ability to get life insurance or how well they're rated. And so what you see generally are three basic ratings, preferred, standard, and substandard which is also referred to as table you know table one is the best table two is slightly worse table three is worse yet and as you can imagine if you have history of you know heart disease diabetes high blood pressure uh high cholesterol and all these different things basically that means you're at a greater risk of dying than the marathon runner okay and so the marathon runner's probably going to get a preferred insurance policy or a preferred rating the preferred rating means that if he's buying a million dollar life insurance policy he's paying less than the guy who would be you know with with all of the health problems yeah yep. and so they also throw in the stupid guy things you have to fill out questionnaires you know we talked about tobacco Okay, tobacco use, uh, and that is chewing tobacco, dipping, smoking. Uh, they haven't gotten into vapes yet. No, and haven't. I wonder in the future, as they develop data
1: as to whether vaping, but vaping may very well, actually it is considered tobacco use. I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that they won't include that. Same thing with marijuana one day. Right. right.
0: So actually it is uh, included with marijuana. Um, but, you know, it's also interesting, too, is and that's the beauty of going through like an insurance broker so let's say for instance you go through an insurance broker and they come out with a list of 10 different companies that would offer insurance well it's interesting because i've seen this before during the course of my career is you know company a okay um they don't really strike you down if you have high blood pressure but another company may say hey we don't want you Okay, and they're gonna raise your premiums. Whereas that same other company may say, but we don't really care much about um, high cholesterol. Okay, and then there are others that will say, hey, you know, we don't care about one, we don't care about the other, but if you have both of them, then we do care. And so that's why it's important when you're going through the process of looking to buy insurance, that you're up front and square with the person who is uh, taking the insurance application because they may already know, hey, this particular insurance company is not going to like the fact
1: that you have high cholesterol, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, I've had I've had clients who, oh, you know, I forgot I had sleep apnea. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oops. Like, they're going to go through your medical records. They're going to find that stuff out. So that's they that's are. how they come out with that rating.
0: Oh yeah, and so it's funny you you mention that. You know, people, uh, you hear about it. Uh, insurance fraud is pretty serious. It's a serious crime. So. You don't ever want to commit insurance fraud by lying on an application.
1: Yeah, there, there are you know sometimes you make a mistake or you accidentally forget something that won't cancel your policy, but you know you just want to make sure it's as accurate as possible. That's correct. That's correct. But you know
0: it'll also happen that you know if you lie on your insurance policy, first of all they have what's called the Medical Information Bureau. Yep. Okay, Medical Information Bureau is was created by the insurance companies to protect each no, other. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. It was created by the insurance companies to protect each other so let's say for instance someone applies through me and we apply through a particular company i don't want to name names so we go through a company a and we kind of and all of a sudden company a does the standard looks at my blood and urine and height weight and all that fun stuff and they discover that i got ethyl methyl nasty disease running through my veins i'm like whoa holy cow i didn't know that I'll reapply and lie. Yeah. Well, guess what? What happens is that shows up in the medical information bureau, and you know I was declined or whatever the case may be because insurance companies are going to—they're they, all in the same boat. They don't want to insure somebody who is uninsurable yep. because you know what? Guess what? Insurance companies.
1: They're not in the business, they're uh, in the business of making money. <laughs> they are in the business of making money. So,
0: and then again, there's the other uh, risk factors, such as scuba diving, skydiving, auto racing. Rock climbing. Rock climbing, that's right. Yep. So, so they have cool. a lot of other things, because you know, obviously, you know, people who do these types of activities are at greater risk of a life event. I yep. mean, want I say life event, of dying. I mean, that's what the insurance company is concerned with. However, unlike um, like long-term care insurance or disability insurance, they don't care if you have back problems, okay? Because back problems are annoying and could put me on disability. But back problems aren't considered to be life-threatening or at yeah. least certain ones. Yep. So, like, what are we talking about now? We're going back to the, insur- uh, the permanent insurance, okay? So the permanent insurance, you know how it works. Basically, is um, it builds cash value, okay? And uh, next slide, please. It built the cash value, <coughs> which can be used later for loans. It could be used later for uh, taking money out, or will be used later for paying premiums. Now, what I would like to be able to do is go to the next slide excuse me, and try to illustrate how permanent insurance works. So if we could show this graph here, so here's what happens, okay, and it's kind of vague if you will, but the graph is basically going from left to right a person's age. So let's say the, the person aged 33 wanted to buy a life insurance policy, and they wanted to buy a permanent insurance policy. Well, Let's say for instance, the, the, the life insurance is a $100,000 death benefit, okay, and that's what's reflected by the line on top, and they want a $100,000 life insurance benefit, but the insurance company says you need to pay $1,000 a year. Well, at age 33, the cost of insurance is less. It might be $100 bucks. So what happens now is they put $1,000 into the policy, 900 bucks in cash value.
1: Yeah, $100 to pay for the $100,000 insurance. Correct,
0: and then there's other silly fees that go in there, okay? So it may turn out that the $100 goes to that, a few other bucks for administrative fees, and then the rest of it goes to cash value. So let's say 100 for insurance, 100 for all other silly fees, you now have a cash value of $800 at the end of the first year, Yep. okay? Well now, you turn 34. You continue to put $1,000 in. By the way, you're putting $1,000 in for the rest of your life. And so at age 34, I put $1,000 in. My cost of insurance is basically the same. So $800 goes into my cash value. But wait, what about the previous 800 bucks? That previous 800 bucks is earning interest. Yep. Okay, and if it's earning interest, then what happens is that I'm getting interest on the 800 that I already had in there plus the 800 that's going in. Mm -hmm. So now I have $1,600 plus interest, and now turn age 35, throwing another $1,000 in there, another $800 goes to the cash value, and I now have my 1,600 and change growing, Mm -hmm. plus the 800, so you can see where things, as time goes on, the cash value increases. But then it reaches a point in the policy where, the cost of insurance is more than 1,000 dollars that I'm paying, plus the cost of how much the uh, cash value is. So let's say I reach a point where the cash value is 30 grand, and the 30 grand, all by itself is producing enough interest that between my1,000 dollars going in and the interest that the 30 grand is producing, is still covering my insurance premiums, and then there hits a point. When you start getting older, yep. that it's not covering it. Okay, at which point then the cash value begins to decrease, but you still have the insurance benefit in place.
1: And it can kind of so, hit that point rather quickly because the cost of insurance is exponential, whereas your interest is rate is typically rather, rather flat.
0: That is correct. Absolutely. So we're going to have to um, stop here we're going to pick this up in the next episode as we continue on talking about the life insurance so we're going to probably pick up right here again uh so thank you for joining us um until you see the next part of this particular episode there's a whole lot to talk about as it pertains to the different types of insurance policies as well as designing the right type and amount of insurance that you want to have for yourself So thank you again for joining us, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.